This is KMTT and today is Thursday this Zman Choref Taf Shin Ayin will be having a series by Rav Kalmin Newman on society and halacha. This is the third session of our series on politics and halacha or society and halacha. As you remember last time we spoke about the different opinions regarding the mitzvah to establish a kingship or to appoint a king, right? We saw that uh, the differences between Sefer Shmuel and Sefer Dvarim are resolved in different ways, both by Chazal and by the Rishonim. And if we give the most outstanding examples, the conclusion of the Rambam was that there is a mitzvah to appoint a king, that mitzvah is uh, applicable at all times, whereas Abarbanel sees the mitzvah only as a concession to the will of the people, only when the people wish a king, uh, then there is an obligation to establish a kingship in a certain way. However, Abarbanel is specific that a king is not a good regime, and al-chat kama certainly for the Jewish people, a king is not appropriate because Hashem, God, should be the real king. Today we will deal with the halachic implications of this question as regarding today. How do modern halachists deal with the application of the mitzvah to appoint a king? And I want to repeat again what I said last time. Some of this has to do with the question of how do we see the notion of the ideal regime. In other words, for those Rishonim who say that there is a mitzvah to appoint a king, it stands to reason that they feel that, indeed, the monarchy is the best possible regime, or at least the best possible regime in certain cases. Those Rishonim who don't list appointing a king as a mitzvah, such as Rav Sadigon and Ebed uh, Ezra uh, and others, perhaps do not see any special advantage to kingship. Uh, maybe they think that the whole issue of political organization is not something that the Torah has a specific opinion about. In any case, when we talk about uh, the modern approach to these questions, uh, this is also standing behind the discussion. When we distinguish between the different approaches, I think, uh, obviously, uh, no one is proposing that we today establish a monarchy in the state of Israel. The question is, how should we deal with the ideal of a monarchy? Should we say that the present uh, political system is Bidyevin? Should we say that uh, the lack of a kingship is because of technical reasons, but uh, indeed we would want to have one? Should we say that this is a dream, a vision that we cannot apply today? Or do we say that really we have given up on the idea of kingship, of monarchy, and we prefer different types of political regimes? So I'm going to try to give a survey of some of the different approaches, some of the different ways that this issue has been dealt with. Uh, first of all, most of the uh, people we uh, will discuss do take for granted that there is a mitzvah, or at least they take for granted that the opinion of the Rambam is the halacha l'maaseh, although not all of them, as we will see. Some of the uh, modern writers who have asked should we strive to have a king today, uh, point to a number of technical issues which make it impossible or at least difficult 
to appoint a king today. For example, the famous words of the Rambam in Perik Aleph of the Chobim when he says, Perik Halacha Gimel, Ein ma'amidim melech techila, ela al pi beidin shel shivim zekenim ve'al pi navids. One does not appoint a king first, but by a beidin of 70 elders and by the prophet. Now, what does the word techila mean? There are different interpretations. Basically, some of the commentaries on the Rambam say it means techila as opposed to the further kings of a dynasty. In other words, in order to establish a dynasty, you need a prophet and a beidin, whereas later on there's no need for such a uh, procedure and the kingship passes on automatically or almost automatically to the next of kin. Others explain that the term tchila means lechatchila. The preferred way to establish a king is using a beidin, having a beidin, a Sanhedrin and a Navi. Of course, this is crucial for our discussion here. Are these criteria absolutely necessary, or is there at least a possibility to establish a monarchy without these two elements? For example, regarding the need to have a Navi, there's a Ramban in Dvarim 1715, regarding the psukim that deal with the establishment of the king, where the Ramban asks a question. The Torah prohibits having a Ishnochri, a stranger, appointing him as a king, asks the Ramban, if it is so that one has to establish a king only by a prophet, what sense is there to warn us uh, not to put a foreigner over you who is not your brother, when God would not choose a foreigner? So the Ramban therefore suggests in his answer that perhaps... Uh, the ideal situation is that God would tell you through a prophet who the king should be. But even if God doesn't tell you who the king should be, you should never appoint this king over you, a, a, a non-Jew, a foreigner. In other words, for the Ramban, the need for a prophet is not absolute and only is uh, available when uh, there is a prophet. In a similar vein, perhaps, uh, Rav Cook in a tshuva that we'll talk a lot about uh, in the shiurim that come, when he talks about the various uh, questions regarding the status of a king, he suggests that when there is a prophet, when there is indeed a prophet, then only the prophet can establish a king, as we will see later on. But when there is no prophet available, then uh, there is a mechanism to establish a king without a prophet. That is what Rav Kook suggests, and a number of other Acharim uh, make the same point. On the other hand, Rav Herzog, in his discussion of the possibility of establishing a Jewish state, he says, well, that the idea of having a king is out of the question, because since we do not have an Avi, it is impossible to establish a king, and that's that. Another factor that the Rambam mentions, that we already quoted, is that there is a need for Beit Din Shel Shivim Ve'echad, there is a need for the Sanhedrin to appoint the king. But the question is, of course, in in a situation where there is no Beit Din Shosavim Mecha, where there is no Sanhedrin, is there a possibility to have an alternative procedure to appoint the king? Some people have suggested, especially Ravi Israeli in an article that he published once, is that the 
role of the Sanhedrin in the appointing of the king is as the representative of the people. In other words, here, uh, it's not the Sanhedrin, we would say, in its religious function, but rather in its representative function as a representative of the people. And therefore, if the people themselves decide to appoint a king, that in and of itself gives the status of a king to the appointment. And indeed, one could say that by doing this, one is performing the mitzvah of establishing it. At this point, I want to clarify something that is often confused by people writing and speaking about this issue. We are not asking the question about what are the authorities of a, a political system when there is no king. That is not our question. We will deal with that further on. What is the possible way of organizing a Jewish polity if there is no king? We are asking the question, what is the way of appointing a king, or how do we perform the mitzvah of Minui Melech? Okay? And again, according to Rav Yisraeli, at least he suggests that perhaps the public itself can appoint a king, and can perform the mitzvah of appointing a king, uh, even without a beitim. Another reason that has been given for the lack of a possibility to establish a kingship today is the need to have a king from the dynasty of David. For instance, Rav Waldenberg, who I mentioned in our first meeting in his book, Hilchot Medina, page 147, says that nowadays establishing a king is impossible because it has to be someone from the family of David HaMelech and uh, therefore, until we uh, establish absolutely clear that there is someone who is appropriate to be king from that family, it is prohibited to appoint anyone else to be the king. Here we have to enter into the entire question of the Davidic dynasty and to what extent is this the only possible halachic kingship, and especially in consideration of the fact that we know that there were other Jewish kings in history, first of all Shaul, and later on, for instance, Malchai Israel, kings of the northern kingdom of Israel, during the uh, split between the two kingdoms, and the kings of the Hasmonaim. How are they to be seen by Halacha? The Rambam in Hilchot Melachim, a parakal of Halacha Zayin, talks about the fact that uh, at a certain point in time, once David HaMelech was anointed as king, then he acquired the crown of royalty, which became hereditary in his male line forever. But he acquired it only for the deserving one, lo ulubanav hakshirim ad olam. But, there's an additional caveat, af al pi shalo zacha elelekshirim, lo tikareid hamalchut mizera David laolam. In other words, God has promised him, although he acquired it only for the deserving ones, his deserving offspring, the kingdom will not be cut off from him, uh, from the seed of David forever, because Hashem promised that to David, that there will always be someone from his offspring who is appropriate to be the king. However, in the next halacha, the halacha immediately afterwards, the Rambam raises the possibility of a king who is not from the Davidic dynasty. Navi shehemit melech mishar shifte Yisrael, Hashem. 
הרי זה מלך, וכל מצוות המלכות נוהגות בו. אף על פי שעיקר המלכות לדוד, ויהיה מבניו מלך. If a prophet appoints a king from any tribe of Israel, or any other tribe, and that king walks in the way of the law and the mitzvot, and fights the battles of Hashem, he is a legitimate king, and all the halachot regarding the king apply to him. So here we see that there is a possibility of a king who is not from the offspring of David. True, the Rambam says he is appointed by a Navi, but again, as we saw previously, maybe the Navi is only necessary uh, when there is the possibility of prophecy. Maybe there could be another way of appointing such a king. In any case, the Rambam presents the possibility of a king who is not from Zerah David, who is a legitimate king, uh, the only difference being, as he explains in Halachatet, that the Davidic kingdom is eternal, Malchei Beit David, Heim Omdim Le'olam, but Im Yamod Melech Misha Yisrael, if there will be a king from the rest of Israel, not from that dynasty, Tifsok HaMalchot Mibitol, that kingship will not be permanent and therefore will be transitory. We see therefore that the Rambam certainly has a positive attitude towards uh, kings who are not from Malchut Beit David. They are, they are legitimate kings. The laws of kings apply to them. And we can assume, of, as far as our discussion is concerned, that such the uh, establishing such a king, appointing such a king, is indeed a uh, kiyum of the mitzvah of Minui Melech, of appointing a king. An example of this attitude of the Rambam is in the famous... Rambam in the beginning of Hilchot Chanukah, in which the Rambam recounts the story of the victory of the Chashmonaim, and as the high point, or as the culmination of the victories of the Chashmonaim, he says, One of the outcomes, or the major outcome of the victory of the Chashmonaim, was the return of uh, monarchy to Israel of Malchut to Israel almost 200 years. In other words, the Rambam sees the Chashmonaim as a restoration of the legitimate king of Israel and therefore he has a positive attitude and therefore that is even one of the reasons for establishing the holiday of Hanukkah. A diametrically different approach is in the famous Ramban in Parshat Vayechi on the Pasuk Lo Yasur Shevet Mihuda Umechokek Mi Ben Raglav. Yaakov in his blessing to Yehuda says, The scepter shall not depart from Yehuda. And the Ramban is in his commentary there, says uh, that this Pasuk is the basis for the establishment of the kingship in Yehuda, the family of David. And therefore, even though the original, the first king, was not from Yehuda, was from Binyamin, and Ram, Ramban explains that Saul was appointed as the first king, Shaul, was because uh, that was the first time, it was a temporary royalty, uh, and therefore there was no intent that he would ultimately be the king, and even if he had not sinned, his descendants would have sovereignty over some part of Israel, but not over all, or maybe they w- he would have reigned over the tribes that were the descendants of Rachel, but in, or maybe he would have been kind of a vice king or whatever. But in any case, uh, for Ramban, the establishment of the Davidic kingdom 
was already uh, established by Yaakov, and therefore, as he says, the kings from other tribes who ruled, ruled over Israel after David went against the wish of Yaakov by diverting the inheritance of Judah to another tribe, and this was the reason, he says, for the punishment of the Hasmonaim who reigned during the Bayit Shini. They were Kedoshe Elyon, they were holy people, they had preserved Talmud Torah and Shmirat Mitzvot in Israel, and despite that, they were punished because they had usurped the kingship which was only supposed to be in the house of David. All the children of the righteous Matityahu were deposed for this only. They ruled even though they were not of the seed of Yehuda and of the house of David. And thus they completely removed the scepter, the shevet, and the mechokeg, the lawgiver from Yehuda. Okay? And their punishment, says the Ramban, was measure for measure as a Kadosh Baruch Hu caused slaves to rule over them. So we see the Ramban says that it is absolutely prohibited to appoint a king who is not Mibet David, while the Rambam allows such a possibility. In fact, the Sefer HaChinuch in the mitzvah to appoint a king asks uh, how we can talk about the mitzvah of appointing a king as a binding mitzvah nowadays, because there's no mitzvah left. V'halo mishinimshach David HaMelech nistalkazu mitzvah Yisrael. Because once David HaMelech was anointed, this mitzvah disappeared from Israel, as they would no longer have to appoint a king. It's automatic at this point. So the uh, Sefer Chinuch answers, The mitzvah of Minui Melech is not merely to appoint a new king, but rather there might be other things. First of all, First of all, there might be a situation where there's a need to appoint a new king. Second of all, to verify that the inheritance, that the transfer of power to the, the successor is, is in fact done properly. In other words, the people have to accept the succession. And that we should have his awe, the awe of the king over us. We should treat the king according to the teachings of the Torah. So appointing a king is not only to verify who the king should be, but it could be that once we know that the kingship passes in Beit David, then there's a mitzvah to treat the king properly, uh, that everyone should treat the king as a king. That's part of the mitzvah. We could add that perhaps there's a mitzvah on the Beit Din to verify that the king is appropriate to be a king, he has to be kasher, as we saw. Or, as the Rambam himself says in Perek Aleph Halachavav, he says there could be a situation where the king is inappropriate. The, the next of line is inappropriate to be the king, and therefore he does not become king. Why is this? Um, the Rambam says in Hilchot Malachi in Perek Aleph Halachazayin that the office of kingship is hereditary only in one condition, that the son is entitled to fill the vacancy by reason of wisdom and piety. Okay? And Rambam adds, 
If he has Yirat Shamayim, but he's not wise enough, then he can be taught. But someone who does not have Yirat Shamayim, even though he is wise, he cannot be appointed to be king, nor to other any other public function. So it would seem, uh, going back to the question of the Chinuch, what is the need to have a mitzvah once we have established that the Malchut is only in Beit David? We could perhaps answer that that is the requirement of the community or of the representatives of the community to establish that this next in, in line is indeed uh, passes the minimum requirements to be a king, that he has Yirat Shamayim uh, and is therefore uh, qualified to be the king. So far, we have seen three different explanations as to why there is no mitzvah or it is impossible to perform the mitzvah of appointing a king in our contemporary age. Either because there is no Sanhedrin, there is no Beitin Shoshivim Bechad, or because there is no Navi, or because we do not have or we cannot identify a king who is from Beit David. Or we can add, perhaps, there is no one who is appropriate. That uh, suggestion I saw in the name of Rav Ariel, that there's no one today who's appropriate to be a king. However, it would seem to me, at least according to the Rambam, that any proper descendant of Beit David who has Yirat Shamayim, he doesn't have to be the most outstanding candidate to be king, but just the... Uh, fact that he has Yerat Shemaim and he's not disqualified for lack of Yerat Shemaim, the mitzvah would seem to be in, ca- in place uh, in such a case. However, today, as we know, we, we have no one who definitely is a member of Beit David. And therefore, the mitzvah is not binding, if indeed that is an absolute criterion. Again, we raise the fact that the Rambam, according to the Rambam, it is possible to establish a king who is not me Beit David. In any case, uh, another suggestion, uh, rather original and surprising, was given by Rav Chaim Hershenson. Rav Chaim Hershenson, for those who have not heard of him, was a rabbi who was born in Tzfat and then lived for many years in the United States. He uh, was born in 1857, died in 1935, more or less a contemporary of Rav Cook. He was very controversial in his time. Uh, recently, he's been discovered by a number of uh, academicians and scholars who are interested in his very original ideas. In any case, his discussion of this topic, he raises another possibility, and he says that since the way the Torah describes the mitzvah to establish the king as a predecessor to Milchemet Amalek, the bright of the three mitzvot to establish a king, to build a Beit HaMikdash, and to uh, destroy Amalek, since today the mitzvah Beit HaMikdash is not uh, on the agenda, and since we cannot perform the mitzvah of Mechiyat Amalek because Amalek have disappeared, therefore there is no mitzvah to appoint a king. Uh, there is no purpose in appointing a king. If we wanted to, we could, but we would have to appoint from Beit David and with an Avi, etc., and therefore they're not applicable. In a letter of Rav Kook that appears in the Sefer of Rav Chaim Herzensen, Malki Bakodesh, he says, Regarding the mitzvah of appointing a king, we don't have to talk expansively about this. Uh, 
שכל זמן שלא נתגלה מלך המשיח, אין שום איסור להנהיג כוח ממשלתנו באיזה צורה היותר נאותה. In other words, it's clear that the restoration of the monarchy will only be in the time of the Mashiach, and in the meantime, we can pick whatever regime we think is proper, whatever is good for Am Yisrael. How shall we feel about the fact that we are unable to perform the mitzvah today? That would seem to me to be dependent on two factors. First of all, what is the reason that we can't perform the mitzvah today? And two, how do we really feel about the performance of the mitzvah in our present circumstance? So first of all, if the mitzvah, let's say, if we do not have a king because we don't have a navi, and we assume that a navi would pick an ideal person who would be an ideal king, who would not suffer from all the deficiencies of other kings, then indeed perhaps there's room to feel uh, unhappy that we don't have a Navi, but in the given situation where there's no Navi, then we don't have to feel bad that we have not a king. But if we understand the reason is just a technical one, for instance, the lack of a person from a certain family, right, who might not be more qualified than anyone else, but we have a technical promise, as the Ramam says, that Beit David was promised the kingdom for eternity. And just because of the fact, if indeed that is the ideal regime, then we should feel frustrated that we're unable to apply the ideal, ideal regime. But that, of course, raises another question. Do we, at this point of time, are we convinced that monarchy, the monarchy envisaged, envisaged by the Torah, or at least by the Rishonim, is that the ideal regime for our time and age? The human race has experience with kings, not always good ones, and can we really be sure that establishing a kingdom would be the best regime for the Jewish people at this time? It seems to me, from the reading of some of the postscript that we've discussed, and others, that many of them feel a sigh of relief when they come to the halachic conclusion that there's no mitzvah today to appoint the king. They have eternalized, to one degree or another, modern reality, and therefore they're happy that there's a technical halachic reason why it's not obligatory. For them, and I remind you of the statement I quoted before from Rav Kook, the fact that the king, ideal king, will be deferred to the time of the Mashiach, allows us to ignore it in these days. The time of the Mashiach, clearly different rules will apply, clearly different political realities will exist. But the fact that we say that the only time that this mitzvah will be performed again will only be in messianic distant times, that perhaps suggests that it saves us the problem of dealing with it today and therefore allows us to choose the political system that we feel is best for us today. That seems to be the approach of many of the posts that we've discussed. However, there are others. There are those who say that really we have to accept the present democratic system only as a pragmatic adaptation to the majority. Simply, in the Jewish state as exists today, the majority wishes a de- democratic rule, and it is impossible to impose a monarchy on all of them. However, 
This approach would still agree with the belief of the Rambam that a monarchy is the best possible rule for political secular reasons, not necessarily because it's a mitzvah of the Torah. In any case, we've spoken today about approaches that feel that there is a mitzvah to appoint a king, but find different criteria or different limitations, different qualifications about this mitzvah. Next time, I want to raise the, okay. the approach of the Nitziv that understands the mitzvah to appoint a king in a somewhat different way, very interesting and original approach, and to mention the fact that, uh, nevertheless, there might be other ways either of interpreting the Rambam or of uh, following a different halachic opinion. And we'll also, next week, talk about the question of what is the authority of a king, and we'll begin to think about the question of what are the possible uh, ways of establishing a political system without a king.